Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Stars Like Us. I'm Aliza Kelly, and today I am here with the fairy godmother of the Venus Academy. This is Miss Chartreuse. I am such a fan. <laughs> a sun in Gemini, a moon in Capricorn, a rising in Leo. We talked about the fact that this is Colin, <laughs> queer cosmos, Colin, big three as well, which is wild. I didn't even make that connection until you shared it, but. We have had Colin on the show before, um, so we'll see if there's any, you know, maybe like a really active, avid listener. We'll see like, oh, these episodes have these similarities, but they probably won't. <laughs> it's so <laughs> nice to meet you, Miss Chartreuse. <laughs> oh, Aliza, thank you so much for having me. I am so honored to be spending Friday afternoon on Venus Day with you, the freaking Oprah of astrology right now. You better not say that. That is that is too, too tall of a glass for me. I, oh I, I think I have to go faint at this exact moment. Ooh. Well, we were just, I was just sharing and I will tell everyone here too, because this is not just something I want to share with you privately. This is something I want to share with you publicly that I am so inspired by the work that you do. I'm so inspired by the fun that you generate and emanate on social media, which can be such a stressful and toxic climate. And when I see, you know, when I pop on Instagram and my feed, you know, refreshes and I see you at the top of it, it changes the way that I move through it because you really, you exude just like play and beauty and fun and just like, and also a lot of great throwbacks, I have to say. There's a lot of really good songs that pop up. So all in all, it's just, you know, it's a pleasure to get to know you on the internet. And I'm so excited to be getting to know you in this space as well. Oh, thank you so much. That really means a lot. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so committed to having fun with astrology and horoscopes and just making little music videos on reels and just the, like you said, the throwbacks to the 90s songs, whether it's like TLC or Blues Traveler or the Incubus. Well, you did that one with uh, where you put your face in Gwen Stefani and rocks in. <laughs> I think it was like in the Rocksteady era. Um, <laughs> and it was uncanny. Like you look better in the music video than Gwen Stefani did. And I don't know how you did that. I, I was looking at the comments because I was like, holy shit, like this is insane. And I, I wasn't the only person who was having that thought, which is also like tr a testament to like the fact that there's something there. There's something going on. <laughs> Oh actually, my gosh, thank you. Actually, yes, I literally am just laughing at myself all the time. And I'm like, how is it that I can reface myself on like any of these pop stars and they all work? You know, it's is this incredible. like Gemini mutability? It has yeah. to be. I, I recently was musing about the fact that um, Gemini, I think I expanded it to all mutable signs, but it really came from Gemini. We yeah. look different in every single photograph. Me too. Every single one. Yeah, it's, it's it's actually a joke between my partner and I because my father is a Gemini. And as we you know, we look at old pictures and every time he's like, that's your dad. That's your dad. That's your dad. Because he goes through. I mean, his like body changes, his face changes, his hair changes, yeah. his body, his like facial hair changes, his glasses change. It's like literally there's no common thread between any of them other than the fact that I'm like, that's my dad. <laughs> so imagine 
what you know how does that feel then to be a kid whose father is always shape-shifting I guess that's how you end up as an astrologer (laughs) (laughs) that is wild wow I could totally see that just like your dad and all of the just characters and personas and the different ways of looking and it's not really like a deliberate thing that we do either it really is like the shape-shifty I can look different in all any format like every time it's always very unique and I'm like wow okay it's really a superpower yeah it's really incredible yeah so how did you become the fairy godmother of the Venus Academy. Mm. I love fairy godmothers. I yes. I really think that that's one of my favorite archetypes. Mm. Yeah, I like live my life just like whirling miracles everywhere. And I was like, let me shift from being the headmistress of the Venus Academy. Um, the Venus Academy really is just my life and like what I'm writing about in love and relationships and, you know, supporting people through transforming their relationships and being powerful in life. And I used to call myself the head Ms. like Ms. Chartreuse. And that was definitely like a manifestation of that Capricornian energy and the teaching that I always have. And then after a while, I was like, you know, I'm so tired of being like this academic smart nerd like I'm always good to have that sort of academic background but I don't want to be like the headmistress teacher I want to be like the fun dancing singing let's liven up our lives um, type of archetype like you said so I just created myself as the fairy godmother last summer when we were just having all these dance parties with my brothers and my music producer friends and family. And yeah, I was like, no, this is what I, I just need to incorporate everything I did as a child and, you know, bring it to life and actually do it with a purpose also. So that's how that came about. And the Venus Academy is your philosophy. Your Venus, the Venus Academy is like your the vision of the world through your eyes. Yeah. That's a beautiful way to put it. I like that you said it that way. Yeah, it's exactly like whatever I'm being everywhere, whether it's a conversation or a blog post or consulting with people, it's just always about returning to love with a capital L and like the divine love and really, you know, having everybody's lives and relationships work. That's like totally my commitment. Can I ask like an impossible question? Yes. <laughs> Which I have to preface as impossible. <laughs> What does love mean to you? Mm. Love to me at the deepest levels is accepting yourself and others exactly as they are and as they are not. Just total and complete acceptance without really adding, shifting, changing. And, you know, from there we can really grow and expand and discover. But, you know, and we're coming from like love in the codependent sense of I need you to act this way for me to feel okay or oh I'm so obsessed with you that I need to like hold on to you like just doesn't work so loving is really just granting being to another and really recognizing that since we are each other there can only be love when we're really looking at the truth of who each of us are it's so fascinating because it seems like no matter what sort of mystical tradition you follow and even how you follow a mystical tradition, if even mystical tradition is how you one would want to define it, Mm -hmm. the answer, it seems to all fold into this concept of truth. Mm -hmm. Um, When I was starting out writing my book pre-pandemic, 
you know, I was doing these really big orbits, you know, trying to figure out like, what's a way, what's the way to put this? You know, what is the framework that I want to build around this book? And I had a proposal, which of course, as soon as I got the book deal, I was like, fuck the proposal. I'm starting all over, you know, like I'm going to do it from scratch, which was then proved to be very destructive, classic <sighs> house shit. Um, <laughs> and, but I found my way and then the pandemic came and I was like, I really need to, you know, is this book going to still be relevant on the other side of this? Mm. I need to get to something deeper, something deeper. And it was just really simply truth. You know, it was telling the truth, being the concept of veracity, of really just living authentically, Mm. living honestly. And as I've talked to other people on this show and just, you know, in all different walks of life, it seems like that concept of, of truth and authenticity, but not in that like social media hashtag way and like a really pure soul level is is the most healing principle that we can all return to. And it's so hard. And yet it is so hard to find. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I really hear you in discovering, obviously, that truth is like that common thread that we all have. But then you, you know, creating this idea for your book and then pandemic hitting and then, whoa, let me like re think or like recreate like what it is that my message is or what I really want to share and like what is the truth that I'm here to share that's relevant at this time and in this moment and I'm I'm curious like for you like what was the like before and like your after in terms of like subject matter or like you coming to this truth or this authentic expression well I think that I made it harder on myself than I needed to Mm. Um, I think that you know I wanted to write a book that was not just a technical astrology book, but actually sort of incorporated the wisdom. And I know you're a counseling astrologer as well of what it means to be sort of this vessel mm. for so many, so many hundreds and thousands of stories, you know, yeah. because when you have so many people pass through you, you can start to see these bigger anecdotal patterns mm. that aren't necessarily captured in reading a textbook on astrology or what you would read online, you know, mm. just these innate um, sensibilities, like these bigger ethos. Um, So that was what I wanted to write the book on. And then I created a structure for that. And it was going to be sort of loosely around the 12 houses. And then I got into it and it just seemed a little rigid. And then it got way too all over the place because that was then my pandemic brain. You know, it was like none, no chapters, you know, <laughs> no, no format, no structure, no, no central narrative. <laughs> and then yeah. obviously that was like frightening for everyone involved, including myself, yeah. you know, because it was this just reflection of this sort of like existential explosion. Yes. Um, and then I took that and I sort of created chapters around those things. But at the end of the day, it really was, you know, the innate urge to want to write a book that was not just that was more um, storytelling than like doctrine was really the most important thing for me. Beautiful. I got that. I got that. And I got the progression from the structure to the no structure. (laughs) Like, yeah, I remember that first little dip of Saturn into Aquarius just kind of blew me out into the ethers. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, we, it was, it's been a lot of Saturn time, you know, 
And what degree is your moon? Uh, 28 degrees Capricorn. Um, oh, my gosh. So you are hanging on up until the bitter end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 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 And I think my Mars is like 22 Capricorn, something like that. Not so, 22. Yeah. So. No, not 22. Not the degree. Not the hell point degree. Yeah, the hell no. point degree is so interesting. and definitely like lost my mind there for a bit. And, you know, like you, I'm seeing the similarities with me going from like headmistress structure to fairy godmother. Totally. And you're like, okay, let me share in like the storytelling and like bringing yourself to that, you know, and really sharing yourself in your life. And that's my, that's where I was, you know, also coming from with going to be the fairy godmother is like, okay, I'm going to be this performing artist. And I like, I spoke at the Astrology of Awakening Summit last summer, and I literally like took a passage from Women Who Run With The Wolves and had some like Beauty and the Beast interludes strewn in there. And I put on my daughter Eleven's fairy wings. And I was just like, it was definitely like peak Gemini, like chaos with intention, but um, yeah. And it kind of, you know, leveled out into like more deliberate ways of, you know, being, but the storytelling and like the sharing of our lives, like that is the gold. And I think that's what people really want to hear from us is ourselves and like who we really are. That's what I, I think too. I mean, it's, I, I also found in writing the book, there was this sort of, a, you know, there's just a lot of existential process that I, I think I, I tried to communicate it in the process of writing it. Mm -hmm. And one of them was like, astrologers don't tell stories about themselves. Yeah. You know, like we so rarely know the biography, know how an astrologer sort of came to be, you know, what the mythology of the astrologer is. Yeah. And I sort of was musing on the fact that like, one, it's because for so, you know, astrologers are so defensive and we're so used to being defensive because so many skeptics are always trying to like, you know, make us feel like we're just wackadoos, right? Yeah. So we have to be serious and we yes. have, we are academic and we totally. are technical. Right. So it's like part that. And then the other part is that we're such, you know, we, we're not going to be on a session with someone and then be like, oh, me, oh, ba 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 ba. Like we also have to have decorum, yeah. you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a really great point about astrologers and really wanting to be like legitimate and like out here and, you know, yeah, no, astrology is a legitimate practice and there is so much value in it. And the most endearing posts for that anybody ever writes is when they're sharing themselves in their lives. And I've had to like get into like a deliberate practice of like telling one on myself, like, because I get also like with my fairy godmother miracles lifestyle I still have like three baskets of laundry right there to the love to me that you know and I still like deal with you know being a mom and getting my daughter to the bus on time every day and you know just the more I can practice to actively just reveal my humanity you know the more I discover like real authentic connections and people seeing themselves more than any information that I can tell them about a transit totally totally yes and I love that you said humanity because I have especially against last year um with all of these really uh <laughs> I mean I don't know what else to say strange people doing strange things on the internet saying that they're downloading things telling you know just crazy crazy rhetoric around being like a seer right and like being being like receiving these messages and being in the privileged position to know more than you know, the following. 
And I found myself being like, hold the fucking phone here. What messages are you getting? Like, this is not some biblical as a bush burning. Like, <laughs> like, let's just actually see what's going on, because I, as a intuitive person, also receive messages. However, they are I am a human. So I'm interpreting them based on my own framework of society. Yeah. Like there is no universal truth here. It's only individual ones. Yes, exactly. And so to really love you in your truth is to accept you as you are and as you are not in your truth and in your expression of yourself. But I mean, at the core, there's only one of us here and there's only love, but like we have these different unique ego consciousnesses that express themselves in a Leo way or in a Gemini way. And those are our truths. And with the whole like specialness thing, we all are channeling the voice for God. Exactly. Like all of us. <laughs> Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what like, God is. It's all of us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So it's like, that's fabulous. But everyone has, you know, the, the lens of which we see the world is our truth. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. You know, there could be many, many different versions of a yeah. true story. And if we all, you know, my ideal would be us all sitting around like a beautiful campfire reciting the same exact incident all through a different perspective. Yeah, totally, totally. Because we can all look at the same one thing and have a completely unique retelling and perception of what that is. And I think that's the beauty of being able to then like get into each other's lives and get curious about one another and like you leading the way with really bringing more of a memoiristic touch to your book. You know, I think that's also like a pretty groundbreaking approach again. So I appreciate you for that. And that is also kind of giving me some vision and inspiration for like what I would like to write next to, because my first book was literally like a workbook and exercises and chakra this and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, I want to share myself more. Yeah. I love people. You know, yeah. I just really love people. I love people's stories. I love learning about how people came to be. So how did you find your way into astrology in the first place? Hmm. I remember being sometime in elementary school. I went to a Christian, private Christian school out in the suburbs. I live in the suburbs of Chicago now. I grew up in the Northwest suburbs and um, some magazine had horoscopes. I looked at my birthday and I pronounced it Gemini. That's a, that's classic. That's the old school way. It's like, Oh, I'm a Gemini. And then I just started getting like all those like interesting books. And my Zambian African Christian mama was like, what is all this, you know, spooky, witchy stuff, Chi Chi and all of that. And so like the more that she was like, you can't have that, the more I was like, okay, this is great. This is exactly what I want. <laughs> this is exactly what I want. Thank you so much. <laughs> yes. uh, and uh, yeah. And I, then I remember we had these um, like adoptive grandparents at this church that we went to this Baptist church because all my family lives in Zambia. So um, these grandparents of ours were asking what I wanted for Christmas. And I wanted this My Dear Diary talk back electronic journal. I don't know. Oh my God. I know exactly what you're talking about. 
that was the coolest that like big clunky pink yes. thing yes 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 and yes. the girls in the yes. commercials are like that's a really really good present <laughs> yes <laughs> and they're like boys can't get in and it's password protected and password like, protected yep as a writer i've always been a long-winded writer i was like oh my gosh an electronic way to write so that was the only thing i wanted and i asked for that and they promised to get it so i stay up all night on Christmas and Christmas morning comes and I look under the tree and there's like a Walkman and like some others, like a boys to men cassette tape and some other stuff. And I was like, where's my, my dear diary. And my parents are like, Oh, I'm so sorry, Char. Um, you know, your grandparents saw it at the store and it had a little button for horoscopes. And, you know, as Christians, we're not really supposed to be reading horoscopes. So they didn't get it for you. And I was like, totally devastated. And Obviously, I feel like my career maybe as an astrologer is probably a reaction to not getting that toy when I was eight years old. Well, I one, I really understand because that toy was everything. I remember the commercials and I also it was like it seemed like the answer to everything. everything. And maybe it fucking was, you know, like if that actually propelled your career as an astrologer, like maybe the toy was as cool as the commercial made it seem to be I didn't get one either I for some reason it was also like a thing that was only you know it only existed in the commercial I never yeah I never actually had one myself never seen one in real life no it's so funny so you know I don't think I like well who knows like what we make things mean when we're that age but um, I had also grown up when I went to that Christian school in Arlington Heights in Illinois. Um, I grew up with Alyssa. I don't know if you know Alyssa Sharp. Her name is Alyssa Trahan now, but she and I literally, we were in um, like fourth, we were in third grade. We skipped fourth grade to go to fifth grade math. Or We went from third grade to skip to fifth grade but we stayed in fourth grade math because we weren't like comfortable with our math skills or whatever. So we would go back from fifth grade classroom to the fourth grade math classroom. And we just grew up like that from the age of eight. And anyway, um, Alyssa is a wonderful astrology. She's now known as like the divine Venus. And, but when back in like 20, I don't even know, like maybe 13 or something, um, she was beginning her sharp astrology website. So I partnered with her and that really kind of propelled me from more of like the metaphysical world of like crystals and meditation and all of that, that I was into, into more like focusing on like, you know, actual practicing astrology and, you know, working with clients and, you know, really just diving deep to build up the content for that website. So yeah. So partnering with Alyssa in that way was really nice because we were just like baby best friends, like, you know, still getting to do it. And also Gemini stuff, you know, partnering is like really yes. important Gemini expression. It is. Yeah. So she was there and, you know, it's just like just relationships, partnering, you know, continuing to expand in the community and connecting with people is how I wound up here making astrology music video horoscopes in 2021. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, obviously, yes. <laughs> that seems like a very straight line of a trajectory to yeah, me. <laughs> totally. So how do you and you're also a mom yeah. and you how do you incorporate or don't incorporate um, astrology into your personal life? Mm, yeah, I gave birth to a Scorpio girl and her name is Eleven. 
and her due date was 11-11. She was born on November 14th, though, um, in 2013. Of course, because she's a Scorpio. So right. She was like, mm, I don't. You have expectations. I'm going to do it my way. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you planned this whole thing? No. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I love that she's always just been immersed in the conversation. So she'll be like listening to me when I'm reading for other people. She knows all of the signs. She knows all the, you know, kind of archetypes and stuff. And I like to just incorporate her in my life and like in some of my videos and some of the other like behind the scenes projects I'm working on. And I guess I just have come to a place where in 2021, I just want my whole life, like I want my life to be include out everything. Whereas before when I was more in like the academic and the teaching and the, like the really strong business aspect, I was like, Oh, I feel like I can't be a mom and run a business and I can't do this and that. And it felt so much like motherhood was pulling me away from the things I wanted to build and create. Now I'm like, okay, Eleven, let's like make a video together or, you know, like she just is part of everything. And, you know, she's got really funny jokes too. So she gets me more likes on Twitter than my own posts do. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean, I, I I can't wait to be a mom, but I also just, I love kids. I've always loved kids. I think that they're just so, I don't know. I just, I, I can really get into a kid state of mind very easily and being able to communicate on that level without any of like the pretenses of having to be an adult um, is just like, it's so refreshing for me. So I've always, you know, like my first jobs, actually, when I was in, my first word was baby, because I saw another baby. And I was like, baby. (laughs) And then in preschool, my dream job was to be a babysitter, even though I was like, four. (laughs) And then when I first started working, my first jobs were working as a nanny working as a babysitter working as a summer camp and I and I was still a kid like in this time I actually when I was eight I tried to get my first job Capricorn rising shit by calling a babysitter agency that I found in the yellow book and being like hello it's (laughs) I'm looking for a job and it was definitely like three kids stacked at a trench coat kind of vibe (laughs) and they never called me back it's fine (laughs) I think about you know like when I have children or even in my future work, when I want to direct my work more towards children, how do I fold or like what does folding my magical practice, my astrology practice into that look like? But I think that to your point, like it really is about truth and authenticity. And if you're truly living mm-hmm. a magical life, there is no. You just hold it in. Come say hi real quick. Hi, Aliza. Hi, Eleven. How are you? Good. What's on your shirt? It's like a pink bunny. Oh, yeah. wow. That's perfect. Because it's almost Easter. Yeah. And it's almost springtime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Yeah. So it's we're a perfect shirt. Yeah. We're doing a podcast on her show. And mm-hmm. so she was just asking about how I incorporate you in my life. And mm-hmm. I shared about how you're in my music videos sometimes. Yeah. Do you know how to open this? Um, you need a scissors. Uh, yeah. Go look for scissors downstairs. I can't find okay. that right now. <laughs> Bye, Eleven. Bye. Right on the court, real life. This is going to be the best episode ever, ever. (laughs) I that was the best cameo, like divine timing, intuitive timing. 
Right. She knows. Yeah. So casual, so chic, came in with a jump rope. It's pink. No problem. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, that's so cool too, because in relationships, in love, to to hold space for someone else is not just about like a romantic partner. Mm-hmm. It's relative to all different relationships. And obviously like the love between you guys as mother and daughter, that's a microcosm for all different types of love. Yes, it really is. And it's, I, I love that you say that. It's just, it is such a microcosm because sometimes I'm, I'm like, I don't feel like a mom, you know, like in a weird way, but I'm, I'm looking, okay, well, I get first up, like our thoughts and our feelings are not us. Right. So it's like the roles that we play and the hats that we wear, they're just like, you know, masks and roles that we're, we're playing. I don't know, like my experience of my relationship with 11, it's just like, it's sometimes I'm like, well, am I with like a, I'm just like so present that I'm dealing with like a fully, like my equal, like in consciousness and presence, you know, like there's not like a hierarchical thing, even though of yeah. course, like I have the, you know, the cat moon mom who gets us on the schedule and the routine in the mornings and homework and all of that. But yeah, it's just a very, just a very beautiful, holy relationship where I feel like it's like my sister and my friend and, you know, and my daughter and, you know, but just just love, like just really, it's just love and, and beauty and yeah, but it it is like the joy. I'm like, wow, I had the one, I gave birth to the ones and she's the one, one and <laughs> one of my life and definitely a very beautiful microcosm. I, I would say for how I really choose and want to share love with, with everyone in my life. I, I am so sort of like moved by not, you know, non-romantic relationships. I think that they are such teachers. Children are obviously also such such teachers, Mm -hmm. such mirrors, such teachers. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's it's moving to think about Venus and, you know, like Venus and the archetype of Venus as being so confident in her ability to love. And I'm always struck by how hard it is for people to submit to love mm. both and it, and obviously self-love kind of as the the most challenging one of all mm-hmm. um what do you think is gets in the way of mm. our ability to really be fully present and, and fully love Ooh, wow oh, that's a great question i think well i'll look at myself and what gets in the way of me and my ability to love is my resistance to things as they are and wanting other people to be the way that I want them to be. So like, for example, like I, I've, I have not been with Eleven's dad for several years. Um, we were married for like five years. And when I turned 30, it was my sad and return, like, okay, divorce completion time. And it's been really great going from like being at war in the courts to like a working friendship and co-parenting relationship. And there are still moments when I like wake up in the morning and I'm like dealing with parent stuff or like she has a toothache or something. And I'm just like this motherfucker, like how dare he be out here living his life? And, you know, just and then I'm like all the grievances that I have with my ex-husband are like the things that I like chose him for in the beginning, too. So it's like, mm-hmm. OK, I grew up, whatever. Um, and he's 30 years older than me too. So sometimes I'm, oh, in wow. my mind, I'm like, okay, old people don't change, but like 
every time I go back within and I'm able to give up my own grievance. 30 years older is a lot fucking older. Yeah. So I got married when I was 27 or something. And so he he was 57. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. That is a lot older. (laughs) He's older than my parents. So I just got a a chill right down the spine. Yeah. Gemini craziness. And like, that's why I'm such an effective relationship coach, because I've literally had like every (laughs) type of relationship experience, dynamic partnership, you know, Gemini is just like, I've quit more things than most people have started, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Do you, I was actually ruminating on this the other day. Do you, because I saw like Lionel Richie is someone who's like, looks like a very young woman. (laughs) And I was thinking like, is it possible to have a relationship? Cause, and then somebody like hashtag, like love, love wins. I'm not sure if that's what, I'm not sure if that's what the slogan of love wins was referring to. I think that, I think that was a different moment. Um, Do you think that it's possible to have like a healthy functional relationship with such a massive age difference? No. I don't, I don't either, but I also don't want to be like, you know, like a prude. I don't I want to be limited in what I think things can be. But I just I mm-hmm. in my experience personally and through my clients anecdotally, it just doesn't seem like it is ever functional. No, it doesn't work. And like when I was in it, nobody could have told me otherwise. But right. In retrospect, Saturn return complete, you know, as a 35 right. year old, 34 year old woman, I can definitely see that that was, you know, looking for that sort of masculine figure who could like be this anchor for me. But he really was like just is the similar sort of chaos that my dad had, but just like in an older man's body. And it was just like fun and free and like no responsibilities. And we're living and partying in Trinidad and all of that stuff that I thought was so cool, but like not really an anchor. Um, and I, yeah, I mean, having like lived through and experienced that and being on the other side of that, I would say it doesn't really provide workability. And there's absolutely some sort of like subconscious void at play. And I can say that for sure. Yes. Like, I really feel like sort of the greater the age gap, the harder it is to reconcile, mm-hmm. too, because it's like, you know, I'll have a client who there's one who in particular who comes to mind who met the guy that she is with when she was like 19. Yeah. And he was like 45, 46. Mm-hmm. And she's still with him. And now it's 10 years later and he's in his mid 50s and she's in her mid 20s. And it's like she can't really it's so hard to let go of it because what you're looking for in that dynamic is not something that a romantic relationship really has the ability to offer. Yes. So you can't really go from being with a 55 year old in your 20s to like then being like, oh, well, this, you know, 30 single 32 year old who's looking for a real relationship is a great option because your whole framework of what you're looking for, you're looking for feeling seen and feeling validated by an older person because you feel you are wiser beyond your years. Right. So it's like you have to kind of like do all of this psychic rewiring and go through your Saturn return. Definitely. (laughs) In order to feel like your own daddy. Yes. To be like, I don't need that daddy to validate me. Yes. You nailed it. One hundred percent. Absolutely. And people can live in like delusion land. Like I said, I lived very solidly there. (laughs) (laughs) And yes, on the other side, you completely, totally nailed it. 
Yeah, it's it's a hard. I really want to be open to like all different types of relationship structure because mm-hmm. like I'm cool, <laughs> but <laughs> but then sometimes when I really like, I I have not seen a massive age gap difference for any you know, and it doesn't matter. The gender is kind of irrelevant. Mm-hmm. That has I have seen healthy, yeah. you know, right. And you want to grow together. It's like the ones like we're coming and expanding out of our shells, and one is in their like sunset years. Like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> like sunrise, I, sunset. I get it, but it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, I I could have just like easily just it was like it started as a business partnership too, and I noticed like I tend it's again partnership like we. I could have just been his business partner and like just got all the money and like when he didn't have it like dipped out but you know <laughs> now we have this lifelong fun adventure <laughs> of being you know committed to 11 together and which is like a, there's so much symbolism even in that in yes. her name you know yes there's like a part an embedded partnership in 11 <laughs> totally totally created that for our <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I what sign is he? He's a Virgo and like he has like eight things in Virgo too. And so I have nothing in Virgo. So I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Virgos just fill up my second house. Damn it. Okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Right. So what does love look like for you today? Mm, gosh. Like romantic love, I'm specific. Oh, <laughs> romantic love. I'm being the iconoclast of romance and only standing for reverence and wholly mm. relating. And uh, um, I guess I just say that in the general terms of like romance being like typical sort of like gestures and like these outward expressions of love. And I don't know, I've just like, since even being married, I've like dated, I dated a woman who would be like, oh my God, I'm the most romantic girl, boy, you tomboy you've ever met. And it was just like this, like, theft and wanting of me like to no end you know and I was like oh like I don't know about romance but what I love about reverence is just like the soul deep connections where we have a partnership with a purpose that is bigger than the two of us because I see that when we have relationships or partnerships without a purpose or an intention then people kind of create problems to keep busy so my where I'm at right now is in just really creating that commitment with me and everyone around me, um, the same sort of holy love where we're all like having this beautiful priestly loving role in each other's lives, whether it is like my partner Trina and every morning she and me and her guy cause a meditation group. And it's like being married to like all of these people because we're sharing our lives in the morning and, you know, really able to kind of be with what is and, you know, watch the mind and share about our ego craziness together and clear it and start our day. Like that's such a beautiful. That's so that's a beautiful ritual. Yeah. Yeah. 20 minutes of mindfulness every single day. We meet on zoom. Like anybody's welcome to join. We meet at eight 30 central. Um, and yeah, just you know, my partner, Trina, she's also my partner in so many other areas of life and the, the leadership training program that I'm in. But I just, I have so many beautiful people who contribute to me every, every single day. And then I have my musical men who pour into me with poetry every day and they create all this amazing music and all of these songs, immortalizing these fun adventures and these beautiful times that we've had. And that supports me and my own creativity and making the music videos. And 
you know, we have a huge, it's like bigger than just like me and the other self. It's like me and the other self and our entire families are, are involved. So it's really about the purpose that we, that all of my partnerships have are creating something that gives people a place to come where they feel seen, they feel at home, whether it's a meditation group or like a virtual dance party and uh, having everybody really feel accepted and seen and loved and like really truly known for who they are through all of our art and all of our self-expression and having no like separation or differentiation between it all. I love that so much. Is that also folded into this Patreon community that you're also building? Yes. Yeah. I really got clear that every time I post on Instagram, I have to like shorten my captions because it won't fit in there. And I was like, okay, sure. Like your writing needs a home. And there are so many people who I really want to go deep with. And I just like, obviously can't. So I'm creating the 1111 solar system community and that's soul with the s-o-u-l-a-r so solar system community where i can you can share about like astrology and the cosmic weather and what's going on but everything that i'm doing is really pointing to like deeper spiritual truths and i just want to create a space again where people feel seen we can incorporate like pop culture and like music stuff about you know relationships and all of that stuff but everything that i write will point to something deeper like actionable ways to you know be powerful with the transit or actionable ways to have a conversation in a relationship or just ways that we can really be on the court in our lives and really transforming the spaces every day and yeah, just doing that through the lens of astrology, music, and you know, having a place where I can really kind of dive deep and connect with people more one-on-one and work more closely with people on a consistent basis. That sounds so beautiful and so needed, especially right now, where I know that you know we're in a year of pandemic, and I mm-hmm. think people are starting to hit walls that maybe had they had expected to hit ever in a lifetime, but you know, with that smack in the forehead also, I think has, there's an opportunity for a lot of creative expression Yes, um, that would have not otherwise been available if the structure hadn't shifted. Totally. Yeah. Without that, like wiping out everything that we knew and everything that we thought we needed to yeah, have. That casual obliteration. <laughs> Casual tower card moment. <laughs> so immediately. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, that's over. <laughs> Life as you know it. Done. <laughs> what now? <laughs> but that's why it's like things that are coming up now are authentic to this moment. Yeah. You know, like new life, new creativity, new outlets, new containers. Like, yes, good because things are different. You know, we um, need new energy and we need new spaces to reflect on and to explore yes. that energy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So it is definitely stepping into a new space of like being able to be with people and not like, I don't want to like feel bad though. I didn't respond to somebody's comments or, you know, the DMs are over flooded. It's like, no, let's just all have a place where we can go and like really go deep and, you know, actually be on the court in our lives and dealing with real life powerfully. I love it. I love it. So where can we find you? Where can we connect with you? When can we know more about this amazing community? Yeah. So my Instagram is probably the best place to see where I'm at in the moment. And that is Instagram.com slash Ms. Chartreuse, which is M-I-Z-C-H-A-R-T-R-E-U-S-E. 
And then my Patreon is patreon.com slash solar system. And that is S-O-U-L-A-R-S-Y-S-T-E-M. And those are the main two places. You can also follow me on Twitter at Ms. Chartreuse. And I'm just kind of shit talking over there. (laughs) 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 You know, so that's fine. But yeah, Instagram and, and Patreon will be the main two places where and be connected and see what's going on in the fairy god mother land well i i have to get another endorsement in for following your work on social media because it really is it's such a gift and it really does feel magical and it really changes it's it's a shift in consciousness when stumbling upon scrolling scrolling disassociating disassociating (laughs) finding your post and then i'm like it's like suddenly instant dance party suddenly mood has changed suddenly looking at things differently, feeling more empowered, feeling more inspired. Like that's what the experience is like following you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Elisa, for that beautiful recreation. I really received that and that really just touches me and moves me. So I appreciate that. Thank Thank you you for making (laughs) such amazing content and really being such a gift uh, in this moment, especially. Uh, It's deeply appreciated. Thank you. So thank you so much. This has been such a lovely conversation. Thank you for bringing me into the Venus Academy. I really feel like I just can leave with a diploma now. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Totally. So beautiful. Thank you. So, such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.